Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. You're listening to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio with your host, Darren Batman McDuck. And now, prepare to get fat. What's cracking, peeps? Welcome to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Toned Radio. I'm your host, Darren Fatman McDuff, and tonight we're going to have another, what I will call, spell-binding episode. I know that um, some of you out there are listening, and if you haven't been listening to frequent shows, I got my mind blown on a previous episode, probably two episodes ago, so that's why I had to say spell-binding. But Tonight, we'll have another great show, um, another great show on tap for you. We'll be talking about cancer, which is something that um, a lot of people like to fear, a lot of people like to ignore. Um, And uh, those of you who have been following me for any time know that I lost my mom to cancer in 2005. But since then, it's been something that I've learned to uh, not fear and know that it's out there. But um, tonight we'll specifically be talking about some things that you may not know in some ways that you might want to prevent ever having to face the C word. But before I get Dr. Walfell on, who's going to be my guest, just want to remind you of last week's show, or not last week's show, but Monday's show, rather, with Andrew Taylor. Andrew Taylor is also known as Spud Fit. The gentleman is Losing Weight, Losing Potatoes, and the title of that show is Conquering Food Addiction Through Nature's Perfect Food. Had a really in-depth discussion with Andrew. He's from Melbourne, Australia, and uh, we did that show for Skype, and it's available on demand right now. So if you haven't listened to that, please take a listen to that show. Very insightful. Um, Really enjoyed Andrew. He's a very humble guy, but he had a lot of insight on what he's been going through. He's been battling his weight since being a child, and now he's decided to kind of take control and do something about it. So as I said, something you may want to listen to, especially if you're out there and you're someone who's been struggling with their weight. Um, Tonight, I'm not going to read Dr. Walfield's um, bio just simply because he's been on the show before. If you haven't listened to his previous show, we did a show on the truth about supplements, learning about vitamin supplements, and a lot of different things that we're taking. A lot of people are going and spending money on supplements and not really knowing what they're getting. So if you have a chance, go back and listen to his previous show. And I believe that he's in the switchboard, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. Dr. Michael Walfield, welcome to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. How are you tonight? Uh, Great, great, Darren. Nice to be with you. Good to have you back on. You and I actually met in person. You journeyed out from California and came to Florida and you actually right. happen to be right down the street from my house in Davie here at a place called Big Picture Cafe where you gave a um, a seminar. And I sat there for the whole seminar. And, uh, oh, you were right. Talking, yes, I remember that. Uh, yes. Yeah. So you were talking about some different things. And right before that, you and I got into this discussion where we were talking about emotions and cancer <laughs> and different things. And I thought it might be a an, a great show. So I, I thought that, you know, get in contact with you and bring you back and let's start, you know, talking a little bit about cancer. I hate to mention that word, but, but, you well, know, there's, actually, you know, can, can, cancer should not be something that anyone's afraid of because 
Um, we all have cancer cells in our body. We, we're born mm-hmm. with cancer cells, and uh, they're with us our whole life. In fact, if we didn't have any, we probably would be dead. So, in other words, and oncologists know this. Um, I'm not going to say anything that's not known by the medical profession. Um, but the problem is, is the way it is interpreted is, is, is where there's room for a lot of discussion. And um, this is obvious. I mean, I don't know how many of you, uh, if you or any of your listeners have, have tuned into um, the series called The Truth About Cancer. Um, but it's a, it's a video series that's come out, oh, gosh, a couple of years ago at this point. It's been pretty popular. And what it does is it, 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 it explains a lot about various causes and various types of treatment protocols that are, you know, different than just what the standard medical profession uh, has to offer. And so mm-hmm. it, is, it, it, it can be uh, helpful, I think, to, um, to at least look at some of the material that's out there. But, you know, basically in a nutshell, we've all been told that something that's a carcinogen um, is, is, is at the root of what causes cancer. Well, you know, let's, let's look at the word carcinogen. What is carcinogen? It's defined as a, you know, cancer-causing agent. But a carcinogen is actually a fancy word for, for, for toxin. Um, it's just plain dirt. You know, it's, it's something that doesn't belong in our body that's gotten in there and uh, causes cells to malfunction, so on and so forth. Well, you know, obviously there are many people who have done radical detoxification programs, and that has helped them turn around even stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they're obviously doing is they're, they're helping their bodies remove the carcinogen properties and the toxins so their body can operate better. Now, what most people, you know, when you, when you start talking to people about toxicity and you say, well, what do you think the most toxic thing is? You know, and people say, well, you know, it's the air, it's the water, it's the food, you know, and and all of those things can be pretty, pretty bad. But believe it or not, they're, they're not anywhere near as toxic as something our own bodies produce. And that's from what's called the fight or flight syndrome. You know, I think most people are aware of the fact that there's a Starbucks on every corner and the reason for that is is because people's adrenals are shut down. Well, the reason why someone's adrenal is shut down and not working too well is because instead of having a fight-or-flight reaction maybe three or four times a week, many people are having that kind of reaction three or four times a day even before they leave the house. And so that puts a lot of toxic chemicals in our body now, keep in mind, when our body releases this chemical, it's designed to give us superhuman strength. You know, there's, uh, everyone's aware of a story where a 90-pound woman uh, is able to move a car that got stuck on her baby. Now, obviously, a 90-pound woman does not have the intrinsic strength to, to be able to move, uh, you know, a two, two, 3,000-pound car. But because of the emotional attachment she felt at that moment to try and help the, her baby, that, that chemical kicks into gear and, and basically makes her muscles work a lot better than normally they're going to work. But it's very short term. And so that, that chemical was really designed 
you know, by nature to help us escape danger. You know, it's no different than 50,000 years ago where, you know, when we might have had to run, a, run away from a saber-toothed tiger or, you know, stand our ground and try and fight. But um, today we don't have saber-toothed tigers. You know, we have people cutting us off on uh, the freeway. You know, we have computers that conk out on us. You know, we have uh, all sorts of technology that doesn't do what it wants to do. Um, you know, we're talking to somebody that we know, even, a, you know, someone we love, you know, and they, they're in a bad mood and they, you know, they sort of lay into us for no reason, you know, and then we have a reaction to that. So we're reacting all the time. And every time we have an emotional reaction to any kind of stimulation, that produces an incredible toxic load on our body, which our body doesn't know what to do with. Now, like I said, if you were doing a lot of physical exercise at the time you're doing that, you're going to burn that chemical up. That's what it's designed for. But when you're sitting in your car and someone just cuts you off on I-95, you know, and, and, and you start pounding on the dashboard, well, that's not the kind of physical exercise that's going to burn up that chemical. And so that's floating around your bloodstream. And, you know, you do that often enough, and the body cannot process this stuff. And so this is where emotions come into play big time as a major cause, not only of cancer, but of disease in general. I, I remember, you know, when I was much younger, I had an experience and I'm sure every, I'm sure you and many people who are listening can relate to this. And I remember once I got so angry and, and, and believe it or not, I don't even remember what I was angry about at this point. This was many years ago. But I, what I remember is this. I got so angry that I couldn't see straight, and I actually started feeling physically sick. My stomach started feeling queasy. I got a headache. And it took me about three and a half to four hours before I got my composure back. In other words, before, you know, I, I, I didn't have a headache, when my stomach stopped going, getting queasy, and so I remember thinking of that. I don't think I was a, you know, I, I don't think I was 20 years old at the time. But I remember saying, I, I, I'm not going to do this again. This is stupid because who's suffering the most is me. And I think I was angry at somebody for doing something. But the point is, it's like, who cares? You know, and so this is the kind of thing that most people on unfortunately, are never have an opportunity to become aware of. And, and it's important that we do because yeah. this is the kind of thing that, that can really pollute the body um, and do that often enough. And, I mean, you're, 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 you're making fertile ground for bacteria, for viruses, for cancer. I mean, you name it. It's, it's, it's just not a way to live. Yeah. Um, getting into that a little bit more, um, you mentioned that you got angry and you said, you know, I'm not going to deal with this. Do you think we're living in a culture where people don't know how to process their emotions? Like, for instance, when they, I mean, something just happened a while ago in Orlando where, you know, a mass shooting in Orlando. Right. And I, I guess the question goes back to, are we processing our emotions properly? Because even on the side of, of men, I, I did a video on this a, a while ago on my Facebook page regarding men and, you know, crying and the 
the connotation that we have with crying with men in our society that men aren't aren't supposed to cry men are men are supposed to bury their emotions and you're mentioning that that causes fertile ground for disease but getting back to the, the the foundation of the question do you think we're processing our emotions correctly in our society right now well uh absolutely not and 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 we and we we can thank the media for that uh, one thing that we did about 12 years ago is we, we got rid of our television. We, mm-hmm. we don't watch the news. Um, I don't even listen to the news on the radio because I came to realize a lot. I was involved in, in, in media when, when I was a lot younger, uh, down in Fort Lauderdale, actually. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I learned a lot. I, what I learned was is that the media is designed to sell advertising. And what they, what they really do, and they do a great job at this, if, if, if you don't mind being terrorized, is they find as much emotional bad news as they can come up with, and they exploit it. Because they know if they can keep you listening, you're going to also listen to the advertisements that go along with the news. And it, it, that sounds pretty sick, but that's, 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 that's how they're marketing things. And I recommend everybody, don't ever listen to network news. Don't turn on CNN or Fox or any of the other stuff. They're all controlled by the corporations. They're, they're, they're there to sell you stuff. And as soon as people recognize that and start to get their information in sane ways. I mean, there are some, there are some magazines and some newspapers that actually put out much clearer pictures of stories. But, you know, you, you just look at this kind of stuff, and it's just crazy. I heard a story years ago where, uh, you know, and, I mean, I, I, I've never verified this, but I, 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 I certainly can imagine that it's very true, where there was a big earthquake, and a photographer was asked to go take a picture of a particular building that had really crumbled. And um, the next day... The picture, several of the pictures that this person took were in many newspapers across the country. But the caption under the pictures wasn't that this was a single building from many angles. It, the, 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 the captions indicated that these various angles that were taken all represented different buildings. Now, this is called blatant lies. But it made it made the story look a lot more severe, it, you know. The, in other words, the problem more severe than it actually was. And so I think this is a problem that we have with uh, with the media specifically. And so what happens is, Darren, is that people's people's emotions get short circuited. I mean, it's like you just get to the point mm-hmm. where I can't handle this anymore, and it's like. It, it, it's not about laughing or crying. It's, it's about just simply surviving. And so that's what's happened. And I, I think this is true for both men and women, I, you know, and it's very true for children. Um, you know, right now there are more kids on antidepressants than ever before in the history of, uh, of, of drugs. Now, that's, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely absurd. And you look at the number of kids that are, that are taking ADD and ADHD drugs, and uh, how many kids have been uh, diagnosed as autistic now. I mean, these are all problems that are related to environment, not only environment physically, but 
environment emotionally because there, there's no sustenance anymore. You know, there, it's like very few people have a rudder. And if you don't have a rudder, you're, as you know, you know, you, you can, you're going to float around all day in the ocean or a lake, and you're not going to go anywhere. And that's exactly right. what's happened to many people today. Yeah. What um, You mentioned specifically emotions, and I asked you about processing emotions. One of the things that I've no- noticed a lot, you know, even on social media, I'm like you, I don't subscribe to any news channel i rarely watch the news i can say i probably don't watch the news (laughs) unless i'm somewhere and the news pops up but i don't make it a habit to watch it at all but one of the things that i've noticed even on social media going through something like a facebook is just it's a lot of fear out there and it's a lot of promoting what i call um some people are promoting wellness but they're pushing against illness Right. Um, talk about talk about that a little bit, like uh, as far as the whole thing with it just seems like there's a lot of fear out there pumping. And the only way people can get attention is through fear. Oh, don't eat this. And then they tell you not to eat this. But talk a little bit about the whole fear aspect and, and what what happens. With well, that's that's that, that, that's fear. called marketing. That's, that's called marketing. I mean, yes. you, you, you find you find the same marketing techniques with food. You find it with medicine. You find it with education. It 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 it, it goes beyond all boundaries. In other words, everyone out there is um, is promoting trying to get your attention, and they find they they they've come to the conclusion that the best way to get your attention is by scaring you. And why, that's why what, doctor? Real quick, I just want to get into that because why is it that we respond so much out of fear? Why do you think we respond so much out of fear? Because because we are very un- our our physiology is very unchanged from our ancestors who lived even ten, twenty, thirty years, a thousand years ago, and so we have the same mechanism as they did. And back then, they didn't have cell phones. You know, they didn't have streetcars. They didn't have bicycles even. And so their biggest, their biggest fear was, you know, getting attacked by some kind of crazy animal. Um, and, you know, but yet it, it, was, it, was, it was manageable. In other words, they, they knew exactly what they were up against. You know, in other words, if, if someone lived in a particular environment where the biggest problem were tigers, well, then, okay, you know, they, they know what they're dealing with. But see, right. today people are so overwhelmed with so much information that um, they don't know what to believe anymore. You know, we we just took a you you saw us pretty much at the almost the beginning of a trip, and we we were gone for nine weeks, and we traveled the entire circumference of the country. And one of the things that really amazed me is how um, how strange you know even the political system has become. Because it's all about fear, you know. You, you, you it, it, and many people are very confused. I mean, it's fact. It, 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 I was shocked at just hearing comments from people. How many people in our travels actually came right out and said they're convinced that the uh, the election process is rigged? You know, they they don't think they have a choice. Now that alone is going to make somebody feel, you know, fearful or stressful, or, or whatever. And so it, it's 
yeah, there, there's no, there's no, um, there's no solid ground. And I think the problem that exists, and I think the only way to solve this problem is to learn how to tune out and turn off. You've got mm. to be able to turn off your computers. You've got to turn off your cell phones. You know, um, if, if, this is one of the reasons I think it's important to have, you know, some type of communication system for your loved ones. You know, in other words, if there's an emergency and somebody that, you know, you're close to needs to get a hold of you, you need to figure out a way to do that. And there are ways now even with cell phones that allow certain people to call through, whereas no one else can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so in other words, you can take advantage of, of, of technology for that kind of thing. But I think that until people learn to shut off and give their brains some vacation time every day, not just once a week or once a month, every single day. You know, I just read a great article that's called, that, that was called Prayer Walking and Prayer Hiking. And what this person was talking about, and, and this, this would apply to somebody who's, you know, has a strong faith in God, and also they said it applies to somebody who's an atheist, um, mm-hmm. is you, 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 you walk or hike through nature even for 20 minutes a day. You know, wherever it is, even just walking through flower fields or walking on grass, whatever you have to find in a park. And while you're doing this, you actually repeat a mantra. Now, someone like an atheist is going to repeat something like, you know, peace, love, peace, love, peace, love. Mm -hmm. Someone else may say, I love you, Lord, I love you, whatever, it doesn't matter. But the point is, is you give the mind something to focus on that's positive. And you refuse to allow it to dwell on all the garbage that floats through it during the day. Now, when you first start doing this, and I've actually taken this up, and it's actually amazing. Um, When you start doing this, it's going to be tough because your mind is so used to rambling that Mm -hmm. you're going to be lucky if you can even repeat what you want to repeat twice. But you've got to stay patient with it, and and you've got to say to the mind, look, I'm the boss. You are not going to run me. I'm going to run you. And in time, the mind will start obeying and will let you do what you're trying to do. That experience alone of getting some exercise, you know, and walking briskly is helpful while saying some kind of positive affirmation, whether it be spiritual or just secular, doesn't matter. But it's, just, it's giving the mind something to hang on to. That's, yeah. the, that's the key. And then, and then once you've done that, you know, all of a sudden you're going to start feeling more peaceful. And you're going to, you are find that if you actually test, you're, find, you're going to find that you're breathing less. You're also going to find that your heart, your, your blood pressure went down. And yeah, so right they, now, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's, it's epidemic. And, and one last thing I think is important for people to understand. Is yeah, go ahead. We all, we all know what stress is. Stress is both addictive and contagious. So, for example... You go out and you do this kind of prayer walking and say some kind of affirmation for 20 minutes, and you get yourself in a real good space, and you feel really peaceful and calm, and you're actually feeling happy. You know, it's like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm noticing birds now. You know, I'm, I'm noticing a flower I didn't even see before. And then you walk into a room where everyone is stressed out, and before you know it, even if you consciously see what's going on, you are going to start feeling stressed yourself. It's that contagious. So it yeah. really takes a lot of work to uh, 
to stay focused and, and, and say, look, I'm not going down this road. And you walk into a room where people are all stressed out. Best thing to do is if you can, walk out. Don't, don't stay there and try and fight the fight because you won't be able to. It's too strong. Yeah, I'm with you on that. When I played basketball in college, one of the things that they taught us, we used to do what we call preseason conditioning, getting in shape before the season actually started. One of the things they taught us was how powerful your mind is. You can use your mind to bring your heart rate down. And I remember learning that in college. And one of the things that I do now is just like you said, every morning I get up and I go walking at a park. It has a lake near where I live and I go around walking. And I remember when I first started it, I – felt how disconnected I was from nature. Now it's like I'm connected. I feel like I'm there. And when I'm walking, I do exactly what you said. I'm always giving myself, looking for things that are positive. And what I'm noticing is that when I look for things that are positive or give my attention to more positive things, more positive things will come to me. Um, Right. Getting back to something. And now, and and I'm sure if you miss miss a day, you really miss it. In other words, you can really tell. Whereas when you yeah. first start, it's like it's like drudgery to do it when you first start. But once you get into the habit, you know you don't you miss a day because you have to take a flight someplace or something. You say, "Wow, something's really wrong." You know, it's yeah. like I, I, I'm missing something. Yeah, I'm with you on that because I know when I miss a day, yeah. it's like, "Wow, something is really off." Um, I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'm going to take that question a little bit further. And um, when someone goes in and they get the diagnosis of cancer. More so mm-hmm. than not, they're going to be afraid. Yeah. Um, taking that a step further, do you think we as a culture fear death? Is that a big thing oh, that we fear? Oh, absolutely. In, in society? absolutely. I mean, that's the unknown mystery. And, you know, there are individuals who certainly do not fear death, but as a whole, culturally, we fear death. And um, somebody that gets cancer, the first thing they should do is they should get a great book that was written about 30 years ago by Bernie Siegel. He's a medical doctor. He's retired now. He he basically gives speeches and writes books. But the book is called Love, Medicine, and Miracles. And anyone who's dealing with cancer or any type of long-term illness, that book can can be a lifesaver. And as Bernie Siegel used to always say to people, whether you cure the disease, what's most important is that you heal your life. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing to remember. Because l- let's look at it this way, Darren. You know, we're all going to die. I mean, we're not yeah. here mortally. Okay, so we're all going to die. It's just a question of when. But the point is, is you know, longevity is, is not really what people are seeking. What people are seeking is, is real happiness, and they want freedom. And obviously, you know, they don't want longevity if they don't have happiness and if they're in chronic pain. So what they're really looking for is they're looking for eternal life with happiness. That's what they want. And, 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 we, and we constantly try and find it in the wrong places. And so, you know, when something like cancer hits us or, you know, we're told we have diabetes now or whatever, and we think that, okay, life is over. Well, no, life just started. You know, that's, that's like a wake-up call. No matter what the problem is, it's a wake-up call. And so do that, you, do, that, that's trying to tell you, okay, it's time to reevaluate and make some changes. 
Real quick, um, do you think that's a blessing when we do come across illnesses like this? Because I've heard a lot of stories where people have come a, have an illness. You mentioned diabetes. You have people who, for some odd reason or another, the cancer goes into um, remission. Uh, yeah. And then they report that their life is so much better now since they got the illness. Is Can illness be a blessing? Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think there's one way to look at, at life. You can look at life that everything's a blessing, or you can look at everything is not a blessing. And it's certainly a lot more positive and a lot healthier to see everything. Because as a, as a wise um, Ayurvedic uh, practitioner once said, there is no such thing as good or bad things. It's all our attitude that matters. In other words, our attitude, our reaction to that thing is what determines, you know, what the effect it's going to have on us. So, in other words, if, you, if, if you're told you have, you know, a, a terminal illness and, and you look at it as a blessing, um, it's going to have a completely different effect on, on you physiologically, mentally, emotionally, than if you look at it like, you know, just got run over by a truck and, you know, I better go fit myself for a coffin. So, yeah, there's no question about the fact that we, our minds can, can – can can turn anything into a positive experience if we so decide to do that. It's a yeah. decision. It's a conscious decision. Yeah. So it's sometimes you see seemingly healthy people. You would you would have um I can't remember the guy's name that that did the bikes for for so long and then got discovered for um performance enhancing drugs. Um, God, I can't remember his name right now. But you would look at someone like that and uh, see um, that they're looking on the outside seemingly healthy, and then next thing you know, they come down with a cancer diagnosis. Why? How is it that someone who is healthy all of a sudden comes down with a, a cancer diagnosis? Is it because of the emotional aspect of it that we're, we're talking about here that's going on? Who knows? I mean, there's, there's, there's so many factors. And just because someone looks healthy does not mean they're healthy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's a big factor right there. And who knows what their emotional life is? Who knows what kind of, you know, stress they've had? I know mean, so many factors, you know. Uh, what someone look, you, you often see people that look great, and when you get to know them, you start finding out that they've got a whole bunch of issues going on. Yeah. But you never knew it, you know. So, yeah, it's, uh, people, people are pretty good at disguising things. That, that's one of the problems is we, we disguise things even to ourselves. Yeah, I've been doing this radio show for a while, and, and it's like you meet people, and I was telling somebody this is like nothing is ever as it appears to be. You know, when you're right. outside looking in, some people you meet and you know that, hey, this, this, this is the real deal. And then some people you meet, it's like, oh, nothing really appears the way that it, it, it appears to be. Um, getting back to a, a diagnosis, uh, Dr. Walfield, if you were put into that place, and you were suddenly diagnosed with cancer, what would you do? How would you go about it? Because one thing I think that when people are diagnosed, the fear kicks in, and then immediately nothing you say to them registers with them. Um, I had a gentleman on the show a while ago, and uh, he did something that I've really never heard anybody do before. He said that he took some time to think about what would be the best thing for him? And I know that a lot of people, once they get diagnosed, for instance, the next thing is, oh, I got to get my chemotherapy. But 
give us a, a short synopsis of what you would do if you were diagnosed or if someone you, you love was diagnosed with, with this with this disease? Well, I've, I've actually, I've actually gone through that. I've had people uh, who have actually died with cancer. And mm-hmm. um, I think that, I think the main thing is, uh, you know, it, it, it's just to help people get into a calm, peaceful place. That's the most important thing you can do because um, otherwise they're going to make decisions based on a stress response, which is not going to be appropriate. Number one. And number two, the stress response only makes the condition worse. So it's, it's a, it's a lose, lose situation. So obviously um, the most important thing is to make a, an immediate evaluation of what you've been doing, what's going on, why are you where you are now and what can you do to make some changes? You know, I mean, you know, to ask somebody else what they would do personally if they face this, is uh, is, an irre- is a totally irrelevant question because until we're doing it, we're we we're, it's, we're just hypothesizing. We're hoping what we're going to do, but the fact is, you know, I mean, there's a there's a great story about Mahatma Gandhi. Somebody because you know Mahatma Gandhi was uh, a vast proponent of of uh, nonviolence. You know, in in, in uh, Hinduism, it's called ahimsa. You know, uh-huh. in other words, do no harm and. Uh, so someone was asking him and said, um, well, uh, Gandhiji, would, you know, if you were, um, if you were being um, approached by a cobra, you know, with its hood drawn and, uh, you know, racing towards you, um, what are you going to do? And he said, well, I, I, you know, I, I would, what I'd want to do, what I'd want to be, you know, sending the, the snake love you know, and, and peace and harmony, you know, and then, you know, he said, you know, in, in no way, you know, would I want to try and uh, hurt, hurt the snake. And then he laughed and he says to the, I think it was a journalist or whatever. He says, but I have to admit, um, I'm not being faced by a cobra right now. So it's a really, it's, it's not a very practical question because uh-huh. maybe that's not how I would react. So, you know, that's the whole bottom line. We, we, and, um, and it's said about Mahatma Gandhi that when he was assassinated, um, I guess he was shot like three or four times. And as he actually sank to the ground, he offered a blessing to the person that had shot him. He was a, it was a crazy guy. It was a madman, you know. And uh, but he he offered a, he offered you know his 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 soul to this guy. You know, he pronoun. He put his hands together and you know and, and bowed to him. And uh, and it's been said that the only way that Gandhi was able to do that during his last few moments on 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 Earth was because he he had lived his whole life that way. So in other words, hypothesizing and saying, okay, here's what I'm going to do if this happens to me or that happens to me is irrelevant. The only thing that matters is what are you doing right now. How are you living your life right at this very moment? That's the only thing that matters. And if you can say that you're treating others with kindness and and love, and you're treating yourself with kindness and self-respect, then that's what people are going to pick up on you, and that's how they're going to relate to you. But you know, if if you're constantly a go-getter and you're you know you you you're willing to trample over anyone or anything that gets in your way. 
and all of a sudden you you know you're you're diagnosed with some kind of crazy disease, and you say, well, I guess I better change. Well, it ain't going to be that easy because your whole system is in, it's it's like it's like having a a car going down a road 80 miles an hour, you know, or forget the car, a train, a, a, a mm-hmm. locomotive three with three uh, engines and 100 cars behind it. If that thing decides to slam on its brakes, it will take about a mile and a quarter for that train to stop because that's how much momentum is behind that train. Well, it's the same with people. If you've lived your whole life, in a way that has not been in harmony with your nature, spirit, and your own self, then if something bad happens, all of a sudden you say, well, it's time, time for me to get, you know, make some changes. Well, you're going to be like that train going down the track. It ain't going to be that easy. Yeah. So you the got point, it. it's, not about, it's not about what kind of decision, how are you going to react then. It's about how are you living your life right at this moment. That's the only thing that matters. But let's face it. Any of us could walk outside and get run over by a bus or a car. Mm-hmm. So we'd be dead right now. So the point is, 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 it's how we're living our life at this very moment. It's not about what's going to happen if this happens or that happens. It's about what am I doing right now? And if I'm living a life that's peaceful, if I'm kind to people, you know, if I try to help other people when I see that I can do something, you know, when I when I hold my tongue when I want to bark at somebody, you know, these are the kind of behavior that determine how you're going to react when something happens that you have to do something about. Yeah, I'm with you on that. A lot of things have helped me. I've kind of like given up the, what I will call that, that need to be in everybody's business. And I pretty much mind my own business and let people do the things that they want to do. And um, right. No judging, no no complaining about different aspects. I just say, hey, you know what? There's really no need to complain. Um, last question for you, and this is kind of a, a two-part question. And the first one being, you mentioned that you were involved with a number of different people who have had cancer and people who have, have passed away from cancer. I lost my, my mother to cancer. How much if anything, were emotions involved in that? Were they living their lives in what you call, what you mentioned before, kind of like a breakneck speed, kind of trying to uh, get the American dream, so to speak? No, and the, then, people, the, the, people, the people that I that I have had close relationships who did pass away from cancer were all basically had a lot of emotional issues. Mm. Yeah. And a and, lot of... A lot of a lot of them were from childhood, you know, that they never really were able to resolve. Right. Um, the second part of that question is just, and I guess it's maybe a run on, but the mind, how much does the mind come into play when it comes to, to sickness? We know our emotions are just probably what I would call an offshoot of the mind, but we talked a little bit earlier about, being more positive, giving our attention to things that we like or we enjoy, we love. But how does the mind come into play in, in all this? Well, you have to you have to you have to realize that even psych, present day psychology will tell you that emotions follow your thoughts. So mm-hmm. if you're having positive thoughts, you're going to have positive emotions. If you're having you know fearful negative thoughts, you're going to have the fearful emotions. So 
it, it, it's a pretty good, it's pretty instant domino effect. It's, 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 uh, almost instantaneous actually. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. Yeah. You know, that's really good that it is because it's like, you don't have to wait for the result to know it's, it's right now. You know, you, 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 you see what happens when your thoughts go into, into the wrong direction and all of a sudden you're feeling anxious. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're not happy for sure. If you're not feeling happy, it's time to stop and say, what, what's going on? You know, why do I not feel happy? Because our, our, native, our native soul wants to be happy. That's who we are. We are a spirit. We're spirit. We're not, we're not a physical body. We're not even the mind or the emotions. We're, we're actually we're spirit. And this has been proven for thousands of years. Ayurveda taught this, still does. Chinese medicine teaches it. You know, old Jewish uh, law teaches it. So, I mean, the reality is, is our nature is to be happy and to feel good. And if we are not experiencing that, it's time to take an evaluation saying, okay, what do I need to change? Yeah, I'm with you on that. This is kind of the trail that I've been on for maybe about a year or so is really Uh getting getting into the mind and getting more into uh, spiritual. And for me, I can't say for anybody else, but I think it's kind of the final frontier. And it's it's all a lot of people talk about the action, taking the pills, doing the supplements. But what comes before the action? And I always say it's, it's the emotional journey. You know, what are you thinking on a daily basis? Right. Um, how do you process your emotions? Because if you you can take all the supplements in the world, but if you have crappy emotions or you have crappy negative thoughts all the time, then it's going to manifest in the body. Right. So, exactly. Uh, it's actually yeah. been said that um, if you have a choice between being peaceful and happy and eating at McDonald's every day, which would not make you peaceful and happy, it would be hard. But you know, <laughs> I mean, in other words, not eating not eating a good diet versus somebody that's eating organic food and taking extremely good care of themselves, but yet they're constantly getting into fights with people, they're stressed all the time, you're far better off eating the junk and uh, staying happy. You know, and so I, I, I know some people that, uh, you know, are over 80 who do not have the best diet in the world, but, I mean, they are happy-go-lucky. Nothing bothers them, you know, and, uh, and, and, and you know, some of them are overweight. You know, some are overweight and ex- excessive, you know, but the fact is, is they their their mind and their emotions, you know, compensate for that. And it uh, doesn't mean you don't want to take care of yourself. You want to you want to you want to take care of yourself physically because you're feeling happy. But some people haven't learned that yet. So that's but I'm just saying it's it's that important to have the the mind body connection working for you. Yeah, you got you got to make that piece. Dr. Wolfell, I thank you so much. I wanted to get you off in 45 minutes, so we, we accomplished that. But I thank you so much for being on, because like I said, this is a trail that I'm, I'm going down, and I'm beginning to express more and more about, especially a mind-body connection, because I just think we've been cut off from that. And if we can right, I agree know, with you. Yeah, know how powerful the mind is and know that even before we have any illness, that we can kind of resolve that emotionally, then to me, yeah. you know, that that's huge. But I thank you for being on and, and being a guest tonight. Hey, my pleasure. Well, God bless all your listeners, and I will connect with you again sometime, Darren. All right. Thank you. Have a great evening, Dr. Wolfield. Thanks. 
All right, so there you have it. This is the other side of cancer, just talking about emotions and how our emotions are kind of like that furnace that can either help us combat illness or at some point feed the illness. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm big on this. I've been shooting videos for a while now just talking about the mind and the body connection. And uh, this is something that I've, I've delved, spent a great deal of time delving into and still reading about on really focusing the mind on wellness versus focusing the mind on illness. And I believe uh, if you go back a couple of episodes that I did with the Diane Kayser, she did a um, summit on this very thing on the heart. Heart to happiness was her summit, which I call. And we did a really frank discussion on how people are not happy out there. But this is something I'm going to do a little bit more about. And every now and then I'm going to delve into some more spiritual shows because I believe that as a people, I would say we are more evolving. We're more evolving and people are not believing the things that they once believed. And uh, we're getting to a point where we are noticing that um, what I will call we're more spiritual beings and, um, not just what we see here in a, a physical body and how much control we have on different things, especially our emotions and the ability to be happy with certain conditions. And I know that when people are happy, they are healthy. When people are not uh, happy, they are unhealthy. And uh, you had Dr. Walfield just talking about that, that there are some people who are overweight but are still here, they're still living, they're still uh, what we would call in good health, just simply because they have made a decision to be happy and it has nothing to do with what they are eating. So thank you for listening to the show tonight. Um, next week we'll be back. Uh, I don't think we have a show on Monday. We have a show on Wednesday um, with the gentleman who, uh, about plant paleo. I think it's called Plant Paleo. I know his name is Angelo. I can't remember Angelo's last name, and hopefully he'll be on the show. I know he was saying that his wife was pregnant, so we'll see him, see if everything goes as well as planned, and then we'll be coming back in July with another great power pack month of great shows on health and wellness. So I will see you Wednesday, same fat time, same fat channel. Thank you for listening. Peace and love, y'all. Good night.